So we're, we, we're in a, a new series, and it says, it's your kingdom come. Uh, but before I get into it, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to tell you a story. So I, I forgot, I was going to bring a picture. So we have a new addition to the Percy family. No, we did not have a baby. Uh, we didn't adopt, but we have a brand new uh, beagle puppy, and her name is Sky. I gave in, man. You know, it was two against two. My wife and I were, you know, we're, we're fighting the good fight, you know, running the race, and then, uh, we went up to Orlando and my blessed brother and his wife brought uh, their beagle uh, puppy and we just fell in love and it was just a matter of time, man. And now we have a puppy. Uh, her name's Sky. So what's interesting is that I love what I loved about her is her personality. Like she was so chill. Like we went into the little puppy and everybody was barking. There were some beagles that were, they were like having a wrestling match. It was crazy. And a bunch of them were barking, but Sky was just, just chilling. She was just lounging in her little in her little cubicle and you know everything was good and we brought her home and you know one day passed and two day passed we're like man this guy hasn't barked and i'm like that's weird you know because dogs bark <laughs> you know what's, what's going on and my wife was like oh they have to learn to bark and and it was just a process and i might work one day <laughs> and i got a text and my wife's like Koshi, that's what she calls me. That's not my real name, just in case. Uh, and she can only call me that, just in case. You know, it, those are fighting words if anybody else uses it, okay? And she's like, you're not going to believe it. Sky barked. And I'm like, I work, and I'm like, whoa! And I'm like telling my, yo, my dog barked! And, and so my coworkers are like, one, one of them in particular, because he has a dog, he's like, why are you so happy? He's like, bro, she hasn't, she hadn't barked. She barked for the first time. It was crazy. And it was just, it was like, I was celebrating. My, my, my wife was celebrating. My kids were celebrating. And I was thinking today, let your kingdom come. You know that there's something within us, just like something's within a dog that it barks. There's something that we have naturally been given by our Father. And it's the Holy Spirit. And it is to bring the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. And some of us Christians, we walk around and people are expecting an expression of that king and of that kingdom. As a matter of fact, people find it awkward when they see people that love Jesus, but they don't see that expression in their lives. And just like Sky barked, when we express that kingdom here on earth, there's a celebration, not only in heaven, but in earth. You guys, everything that we need, we don't have to strive for it. It's already been given to us. Everything that we need and desire and want to establish the kingdom in heaven here on earth, it's not something that we have to win. It's been given to us. There was a price that was paid and has been given to us for free. And this world, the Bible says that, that this earth, that creation groans for the revelation of the sons and daughters of the living God. And just like we were waiting for sky to bark, this world is waiting for the child, the children of God, the sons and daughters of the living God to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It's much more important than a bark. <laughs> There's lives at stake. Your family, your workplace, your children, your grandchildren. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done.
I'm going to read a scripture really quick. In Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. I'm going to read it quickly. Okay. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oils of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for, the, for more than 300 denarii, I believe that's a, a year's worth of salary, and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she should. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. It's crazy. And as I, as I studied and prepared for, 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 the, for, for today, uh, I realized something. Uh, in Matthew 3, 2, it says this, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 14 says this, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark 1.15 And saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It is recorded in these three scriptures that every time it says the kingdom of God is at hand, repent comes before it or after it. I didn't write those scriptures. In every, in any one of those scriptures that we just looked at, the word repent comes alongside the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, most of us that come from the Catholic background, we think about repentance, we think about going, you know, into the little booth and talking to the priest and then having, you know, uh, you know, Hail Mary, do five Hail Marys, four Godfathers, and, and our, our fathers, Godfathers. Well, our fathers, the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> uh, I'm a little gangster, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> And we have this late reaction back there, right? Got to late. Um, it, it's uh, and sometimes we have like this this repentance of like you know ah. Oh, uh, and I I found a, 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 a the definition a biblical definition of repentance, and I want you guys to listen to this, okay? What is repentance? Repentance summons a personal, absolute, ultimate. Unconditional surrender to God. Though it may include sorrow and regret, it is more than that. In repenting, one makes a complete change of direction towards God. So it's crazy because uh, the adjective is like, you know, they put a little weight on it, you know, like personal, absolute, ultimate, unconditional surrender to God. But what I want to focus on, because sometimes we over-spiritualize things or we make things a little bit more complicated or a little bit, a little bit more religious than what really God intends. Because at, at the end of the definition, what it says is a change of direction towards God. It says turn to turn around 180 degrees is what it said there. So truly here, everyone in, every one of us in this place have missed the mark, are missing the mark, or will miss the mark. Repentance is something that we should practice on a daily basis because every day we fall, every day we stumble. 
And all that means is that when you stumble, you fall, you get back up because righteous, a righteous man falls seven times and seven times he gets back up and you change your direction towards God and you proceed with your walk. Today, you and I, if we want to see the kingdom of God alive, vivid in our lives, repentance must come first. Today, each and every one of us have the opportunity to look in our hearts or let Holy Spirit look into our hearts and speak to us where we have turned to the left or turned to the right and we need to repent. We need to change direction. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand goes hand in hand with repentance. And if we can establish that and make it part of our walk, we will be able to see the kingdom come alive in our daily lives. The most frustrating thing is living this life and not seeing fruit. It, it tires the heart. The Bible speaks that it affects your heart and I believe that God and for Numa Church, the season has come to see much fruit in our lives. As a congregation, as individuals, as families, fruit, the fruit of God is coming. We have toiled the land, we have sowed, we have watered, and the season of much fruit is near. Jesus, every time when he was, he said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, it's near. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Today we're going to look at three principles that will help us see the kingdom of God in our everyday lives. And I'm going to start with the first one. And it's found in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And now we've, we've said this word, we've quoted this word, we've studied this verse, we, we know it back and forth, many of you guys have it, you know, somewhere in your office, or in your house, or on, a, on you know, anywhere. But have we actually sat down to think what this means? Do you know what it is to love someone with everything that you are? How many of you guys remember when you were dating your wife, fellas? When you were dating, when you started dating, you weren't married yet. Can you remember? Everybody's now hugging and holding hands. It's the moment right now. Guys, get romantic. Yes? Nobody remembers? Or it's been a long time? It's been that long? Jimmy remembers. There you go. I don't know about you, but I remember talking to my wife on the phone. We were, I was like 18. She was like 16 or something around that age. And I remember going to retreats and, and being on the phone. And it's like, you know, after a while, there's just so much you can talk about. And you just, like, you know... Oh, baby, I love you so much, I just want to stay on the phone with you. Just hear you breathing on the other side. If my wife knew how I snored, she would not have done that, you know what I'm saying? You know, that's how she heard when that happened, but... 
And then you do this, like, hey, all right, baby, let's, let's hang up. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. You got to wake up at school the next day. And you're like, okay, you hang up. No, no, no. You hang up, baby. No, 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 no. No, no, you, you, you hang up. Okay, okay. At the count of three. One, two, three. Ah, you didn't hang up. You, you know, we all went through it. Through that, through that, through that time, and you know, and there was an expression of love everywhere you went, man. I, I remember I was writing, I was writing poems for her, and, and I'm not even a poet. You know what I'm saying? It's just an anointing, a boyfriend anointing was upon me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And it was just crazy. I remember they were, they had these sad puppies, these little sad puppies, that they were like little dogs, and they were wrinkled, and they had their eyes, just so cute. Yeah, not hush puppies, sad puppies. Hush puppies were a different thing. But I remember giving her, her, and then I gave her this one that, that my daughter has, and it's like a, that big. And I, you know, I remember giving it to her, you know, an expression of a love that cannot be contained. Because I'm so, so passionately in love with her that it was impossible for me to stay quiet. It was impossible for me to live my life without being able to express the love that was within me. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Does your walk with God look like that? Does our walk with God look like a fire that cannot be contained? I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about that everyone around you knows how much you love Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about, man, when, when, when I'm with my wife and I was, bro, dang, boy. I remember we had a song, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the Latin song, uh, I can show you the world. All that stuff. And I remember we were in a bowling alley and that, and the song came on and it was my turn to bowl and I was like, I'm a, I gotta get a strike right now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I lined up and I was like, boom, strike. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh snap. You know what I'm saying? That was perfect. You know what I'm saying? We have some friends that, you know, cause she looked like, she looks like Jasmine. But I don't look like a lad. I look more like a boo. People used to tell me, you know what I'm saying? The monkey. So I was like, that's harsh. You know? That was harsh. You know? But it's okay. Because I got my Jasmine. Call me whatever you want. Are we that passionately in love with Jesus? That we cannot contain our expression. Don't tell me you love God. And there's no expression of your love towards Him. It's impossible. It's impossible to be so in love. And I'll do absolutely anything to express it. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Oh, man. You can't say you love God, but you don't love people. <laughs> People that stay home, I mean, I'm not, if you're home, you're at, 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 you know, watching online and stuff, this is not, but I'm just saying there's people that don't want to come to church because they hate people. They're like, I love Jesus. I'll die for Jesus. I'll live for Jesus, but I don't want to talk to nobody. That's like you telling me you love, you love my wife, but you don't love me. You love me, but you don't love my children. If you don't love my children, you don't love me. Because we are one, we're together. And the people, humanity, are created in God's likeness and image. And we have been called to love people. Not only love them, but love them like you love yourself. You know, you give, you give yourself, ladies, how many of you guys give yourself a pedicure? Raise your hand, man. Stop lying. Y'all like, now this is all natural. Pastor Max, you have right. Raise your hand. 
Some of y'all, if you don't get a pedicure, you're like, you look like an eagle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Chris, I'm always going to be myself. Man. You got, you got, you got, Jimmy back there, like, what is he doing? Man, it's always easy to love people that are easy to love. You know? But I don't think it's real love until it becomes hard to love someone. Married folk, can I get an amen? amen? You know, you get married, you know, everything's beautiful. Like, oh my God, this is heaven. Jesus. And then things start coming out. You start acting a certain way. Your wife, and it's just like, who are you? What did you do with my husband? Or what did you do with my wife? But that's when love is tested. We gotta become people that love, love people wherever they're at. No matter their condition. No matter their situation. No matter their character. No matter their flaws. Or their attitude. Oh no, I can't stand that sister. She's so loud when she worships. She be swinging the, you know, the flag all over the place. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not my style. This is the modernized church of Jesus. We don't do that anymore. You need to love your sister. You know, cause all of us are annoying to someone. <laughs> you know that, right? You're like, nah, not me, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. Look to the left. Look to the right. Someone in that role considers you annoying. I think people are going to leave here resented with each other. <laughs> Holy Spirit work. Second thing is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So the first one is we need to love. The basis of everything, we need to love God and we need to love people. The second thing is found in 1 Corinthians verse 10, chapter 10, verse 31. says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Eat, drink, whatever you do. Now in, in this passage, it's talking about certain things that we can eat, we can't eat. But it says, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So the next point is all for Him. The first one is love God, love people. You can never, you can't move on if you don't get that one. The second one is that in loving God and loving people, we need to do it all for Him. Cause what happens if you set your eyes on people, people will miss the mark. People will be high one day, low the other day. They'll be on your good side one day, on your bad side the next day. If you decide to put your eyes on people and their behavior so that your love can be expressed towards them, then your love is always going to fluctuate. It's always going to change. One day you're going to love them and one day you're not. But if you do it all for Him, everything changes. I remember when I was 13, my mom passed away. Our mom passed away. And I remember I used to play baseball. And I remember I, I went up to the plate and all I wanted to do, man, I was like, man, this is the perfect, just like the bowling, the bowling situation. I wanted to hit a home run for my moms. And I remember I got, if you're an athlete, you understand me. If you're not an athlete, so I got, I got my, you know, batting position. And you know, like in the, like in the, like in the movies, I felt like it was going in slow motion. Uh, he, 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 he winded up. He throws. I connect, bah! and there's like a slow grounder down the middle. 
It got through the, it got, it got, it got through the infield. But that's not what I wanted. There was a desire in me because of what my mother meant to me to do something great for her. Is there a desire in you because of what Jesus has done for you to do something great for Him? We gotta love people in a great manner. Because there's people that are desperately in need in the, of the, from the love of God. And you can't give what you don't have. So you need to love God and love people. And you need to do it in a great manner. As if you were doing it for Jesus. How much does he mean to you? That should be an expression to other people of how much you love him. You don't feed the homeless because you love them. You feed the homeless because you love him. Come on, man. Let's be real. How fun it is to hug somebody that hasn't taken a shower for 10 days. You guys wake up. One of my goals is today. I want to I hug somebody that hasn't showered in 15 days. How many of you guys wake up? Man, I can't wait to do that. I can't wait to go home smelling like onions. I can't wait. Oh, we get, we're all religious here, but that's the truth, right? You know, when a homeless guy, <laughs> God bless you. But you embrace them like Jesus embraced you when you were filthy and dirty. The love of God is in us. And sometimes our fear and our snobbiness and our pride and our ugh doesn't allow that love to be expressed truly how it is. We need to love people in a great manner. Are you guys with me? Are you with me? I can scream a little. I'm a screamer, man, so I can scream. I'm just worried about this mic. I don't want to mess it up. See, sometimes we, we, we step out in faith, right? How many of you guys have ever, like, given a word to somebody, you know? Yeah? That's scary, man. That's like, I don't know if this is going to happen. How many of you guys have hit it on the mark every time? If you have, we can meet afterwards and you can coach me, please. Lay your hands on me so that I can transfer over. See, when I, when I hit that home, when I wanted to hit that home run, and then I hit that slow grounder down the middle, that wasn't what I wanted. In reality, that wasn't the outcome that I wanted. I wanted the home run, I wanted to trot the bases, I wanted to point it up that, you know, like the whole drama, I wanted to point that up the sky, you know? But instead I got a small grounder up the middle. See, God's not worried so much about the outcome. He's worried about your faith. He's not worried about the home run. He's worried that you believed him enough to step out in faith. The outcome is up to him. You need to step out in faith. We need to step out in faith. Let him worry about the outcome. He's the only one that can, that can affect the outcome, not you. So you step out in faith and let him do what he needs to do. Sometimes when we miss the mark, God is preparing us for failure because some of us, are, are our greatest giant is fear of failure. So we need to fail a few times so failure begins to lose the grip that it has on our hearts. How many of you guys have fear of failure right here? I'm one of them. I am terrified of failing. And sometimes I will be paralyzed and won't do anything because I'm, I'm scared to fail. But God tells you today, I'm not worried about the outcome. Don't, I'm not asking you to change the outcome. I'm asking you to change your heart. And the only way you can change your heart is believing in me. Every time you step out in faith, whether the outcome is the one that you wanted, your heart changes. Your life is transformed. Your faith increases. And the next time you jump, who knows? God might do something. Can you imagine if you, if you pray for a thousand dead people? And nine, 999 don't come back to life. 
But on the thousand one, it, the, 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 the person rises up from the dead. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to remember 999? Absolutely not. You're going to freak out and be like, Oh my God! He's alive! You're, gonna, you're probably going to scream and run out the room and then come back <laughs> like, you know? I remember one time I was in Long John, Long John Silver's right here on 117th. And I went with my friend. Uh, and he went to he went to go pray and to some some old lady that had like a little walking stick, and I'm like there I'm supposed to be the backup. That's the, that was the agreement. It, you know it was Kevin. Kevin's like you know so hey come Max pray with me. I'm like okay so I'm I, I I assume the backup position. You know that's the backup position when somebody else is praying. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like okay can we pray for you? See see she's Spanish. See see claro of course. And uh and he's like okay Max pray for her. I'm like. No, no, no. Back up position. Back up position. Kevin, I love you, brother. <laughs> he was pushing me, man. And I'm like, okay. I was like, can I, can I, and I was like, okay, can I lay my hands on you? And the lady was like, you can put your hands wherever you want. Married, <laughs> married. She was real old too, so I was like, settle down, lady. You know what I'm saying? So I carefully placed my hand, you know, like her lower back. You know, I wasn't going to do the hip because it might, you know, give the wrong message. So I'm like, you know. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal her. Amen. And then Kevin's like, so how do you feel? She's like, Hi? I'm healed. And I'm like, you're healed. I mean, of course you're healed. I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. All it takes is one moment, man. And there's no going back. All it takes is one taste. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to step out in faith a hundred times, two hundred times, four hundred times, five hundred times, a thousand times, and then a thousand one, all of a sudden everything changes and the floodgates open up and you're a walking healer, man. You Wherever you go, I'm, I'm praying, man. You know, this is, this is, my shadow's not that big. I'm not that tall, you know what I'm saying? So, so I don't know how tall Peter was, but Peter was walking in the shadow. That's crazy. You know? You know? Peter probably said, man, I'm going to gain some weight so my shadow's bigger. You know what I'm saying? So it gets both sides of the aisle, you know? First one, love God, love people. Second is all for Him. And the third one, and this is the last one, the band, you guys can start coming up. I'm going to finish. Is It's found in Luke 6.31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. That likewise was for out of place, but that's the verse. Do to people as you want them to do to you. Yes? See, that kind of, that kind of speaks about the future, right? Like you, get, you should do to people so then in the future, people can do the same to you. Yes? Yes? But I believe it's, it's the same thing in the past. Not only should you do to people as you want them to do to you, but you should do to people as God has already done with you. Sometimes our problem is that we forget. We forget where we came from. We forget all the things that we battled, all the, all the miracles that we've seen happen. We forget all the giants that have been slain. We forget all the times God has come through financially, physically, in your marriage, with your family, with your children. So the third point is remember. Remember. 
Love God, love people. All for Him. And remember, there's a scripture. And I wanna, I wanna read it quick. Are you guys with me? Yes? Matthew 18, verses 23 to 34. I'm going to read it fast. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. And that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt, everything forgiven. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison So he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called them, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just that I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. We've heard this passage. And this passage has to do with forgiveness. But there's an attitude of the heart behind that. And that is that sometimes we forget the debt that has been forgiven to us. Sometimes forget we forget what has been forgiven to us. Sometimes we forget where we came from. You forgot the addiction. You forgot the pornography. You forgot the lies. You forgot the, the, the anger. You forgot the rebelliousness. You forgot all of it. Because we've been in this church building for so long and we've been singing the praises and now we smell like church, now we look like church, now we sound like church and we forgot it that one day we were here in this building, one day we were in a pit that was dark and lonely and someone, someone because God didn't come and extend his hand, some human being, some person decided to go to where you were at. And extend their hand forward and say, my brother, my sister, come. Remember. Remember, have we forgotten what we've been taken from? Have we forgotten the things that we've lived before we came to to the feet of Christ? Remember. Remember. We shouldn't love because we want to be loved in the future, but because we have already been loved. We shouldn't, we shouldn't love just because we're sowing seeds for our future, but we should love because we've been loved. It's good to sow seeds. Sow great seeds. So your children can live off that fruit. But do not forget that you have already been loved. Each and every one of us have been loved with a great love, with the greatest love. This lady that broke the flask to anoint Jesus, 
Let your kingdom come. She broke that flash that was worth a year's salary, more or less. Crazy thing is that, you know how when you go to the, the mall, you have the, the girl with the, with, the, with the spray bottle, you know? Yeah? Or, right? Problem with that spray bottle or that type of perfume is that you can spray it and save the rest for later. This woman didn't pour it. She didn't spray because I guess they didn't have sprays back then. She broke the flask. <laughs> she broke it because she said it's all or nothing. Establishing the kingdom of God is going to cost something. And even though the price has already been paid, sometimes it's going to cost us to lose our fear. Sometimes we're going to have to lose like, our image. See, because she broke, she broke the flask. Financially, she gave it all. And what happened? People began to say, hey, wait, wait, wait. We could, that's not smart. We could have used that to feed the poor. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people criticizing. There's always going to be someone saying, oh, you could have done this and you could have done that. And why is she doing this? And why is he doing that? Why is he praying for, for, for this person in the job? Why is he, why is he fasting? Why is, why doesn't he curse? Why this? Why that? And there's always going to be people criticizing you in school, at work. Then Jesus says, listen, you're always going to have the poor people, but I'm just here and I'm going to be gone soon. I believe that sometimes we just do good things to do good things, but doing the good thing is not always doing the God thing. And it could be good, but not godly. God is always good, but good is not always God. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost me. And the aroma, of, I could imagine the aroma in that room. Imagine Milton. Can you imagine? Bunch of men there, walking, I don't know how many miles. It's like sweat in that room, bro. That lady just comes in here and breaks that flask and all of a sudden everything changes in that room. You know, when you decide to establish the kingdom of God here on earth, things change. Things shift. Things move. The atmosphere at your house begins to change. Your children that are in rebellion, their hearts begin to fold before God. Went to Hawaii one day for a 10 year anniversary. You can go to Hawaii. You know, you should. Beautiful place. And I remember my wife, we went up, uh, uh, was it a, it was a, a volcano, right? Went up a volcano. 
it was like 10,000 feet above sea level from Miami, bro. The greatest mountain we have here is the, is the trash mountain, Doral. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we went up there. It was freezing. My wife said, gee, my wife's like, for she, for she was, she wanted to get the picture. She's like, I'm staying out. It was freezing, man. I went in like a, in like a windbreaker jacket and like, like joggers. I'm thinking like, yeah, it'll be like, like 80, 70, 80. It was freezing. 10,000 feet above sea level. Freezing. People were in blankets and beanies and gloves. And me and my wife were just like at the beach in Miami, you know? My wife's a G and she just stayed out there. And I'm like, listen, I love you, but I'm going inside. And there was a little room on the inside and I stayed there and then I fell back. So I went back and I was like, I love you, but I'm going inside. <laughs> it's just like, you know? And she got the perfect picture and it was beautiful. The, the, the sun came up and it comes up above the clouds and it's oh, majestic. You know, the next day or that same day at nighttime or in the morning, she begins to have a pain in her, in her abdomen and it begins to, to be bad. And we end up going to the emergency. She had uh, a deflated lung, right? One of her lungs had collapsed. Crazy. And I had to go get a medicine in a little pharmacy. And I told some of the young people this testimony. And, and, and I walk into the pharmacy. First, I had my hood, my hat backwards. And I've always dealt with this. See, my face is not a really like a passive face. Like I look like I'm up to something, you know. Cops always pulled me over when I was younger. And they would signal me out of groups. And, uh, and I walk in and he's like, take your hat off, please. And I'm like, you know, it's like, listen, I got the prescription. And she's I'm like, listen, can I use the restroom? Because I've been driving for now. She was like, ah. The girl looked at me like, man. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, help me. You know, because your blood starts boiling a little bit. Like, look at me like that one more time. Like, look at me like that one more time. You know. And I, she's like, okay, go ahead. So I went to the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom washing my hands. And uh all of a sudden, a name pops up. I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name. Justin. It was Justin. Justin. There's no Justins in Hawaii. You know, I'm thinking about like, you know, Crouching Tiger or Geronimo or something like that, you know. And I was like, I need you to go and, and ask for Justin. Holy Spirit. Listen, Lord. I'm in Hawaii. What are you doing? So I go out there. They're already, I'm already like on their bad side. And I'm like, so how's your day? But, so listen, I have a question. It's going to sound a little weird. Is there any chance that you know somebody named Justin? And they're like, yeah. They're like, there's five of us that work here. And he's the only one that's missing. Snap. Justin works here. And I just give a word to him. I said, call him. They're like, and they're like why? Because like, the thing is, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> they probably made it. I was in the bathroom. And Holy Spirit told me to give a word to Justin. That he has something to say to him. So they started calling him. And they're like, he doesn't answer. But listen. And then just give us the word and we'll give it to him. They went from taking off your hat and no, you can't use the bathroom, man, to saying, hey, listen, 
Just give us the word, give us the message, and I'll give it to him. When we step out in faith, even our enemies are used to serve the purpose of God. The opposition begins, the walls fall down and they become bridges. We don't need to walk in fear. We don't need to strive. All we need to do is love God, love people, walk in faith, and let His kingdom come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Change directions. The kingdom of God is at hand. Change directions. The kingdom of God is at hand. I don't know what situation you would be living. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. I don't know what's going on in your life, but He does. And each and every one of us, we miss the mark or miss the mark or we will miss the mark. And we need to change directions. And if today you're one of those people, I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand. I need to change directions. And if that is you, just raise your hand and we're going to pray to finish this service. Just raise your hand right where you're at. There's no shame. There's areas in my life that need to change. There's areas in my life that I need to turn around and go the other way. If that's you, just raise your hand. There's no shame in doing it. The pastor that's preaching is raising his hand. If there's anybody else, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I just want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. I just want to see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. If you're watching online or listening to this preaching, right where you're at, just receive this. Father, I thank you for what you've done in our lives. We will never forget where we came from. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and to guide us and to help us to walk this life. We want to trust you. We trust you, Father. We trust you, Holy Spirit, to guide us and lead us wherever it is you need to take us. Continue your work in our hearts. We turn away from whatever we were doing and we go after you, God. We need you. I bless, Father God, everyone in this room. I pray that you be with us, Father God. As we walk out this week, that we would be able to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That whether we're at work, at school, at a summer camp, at the supermarket that we would be able to be obedient to your holy to the holy spirit voice we love you jesus and if you're here for the first time and you've never made a decision or you're listening or watching online you've never made the decision to follow jesus to ask him to be your lord and savior that that decision changed my life forever today is the day of salvation and if you say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And you want to receive Jesus. You want to make him your Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. I just want to pray for you. And I'm going to say a prayer in a moment. Thank you, Jesus. For our family. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you. For what you've done. 
I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Because that should have been me. Today I receive that sacrifice. I receive, my God, that he is my Lord and Savior. And he didn't stay on that cross, but three days later he resurrected. And paid a way for me to know you, Father. So I thank you for that. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to guide me and to lead me in being a son or daughter of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.